Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma radiated, sworn to protect a world that fears and hates it, clearing its throat, and aired live every week only on the Non-Productive Network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio, as always, by Pete and Al. Hi, Pete and Al. Hey. Yo-ho. And our special guest, John Trumbull of Back Issue Magazine from Two Moros Publishing. Hi, John. Hi. Sorry about the clearing of the throat. No, it's fine. There's a lot to clear out because we are on episode 11 and also issue 11 of Crisis on Infinite Earths, the biggest damn crossover event in the history of crossover events. An infinite issue limited series from DC Comics. Yeah, that does not seem like it tracks. Uh, in, a, <laughs> in an interesting way, we, we have our own crossover event. This is a mixture of two different non-pro shows. This is Near Mint and SNL Nerds. This uh, is true. How much do you think Crisis and SNL that like what kind of parallels can you pull between the two well snl uh has done a lot of superhero sketches over the years mm-hmm. i think okay. um so there's there are certainly a few geeks that are on the snl staff i know like bill Hader and uh seth myers they're both comic fans and yep. they've written some comic book sketches i think so. uh both have a, a sprawling cast that needs to be purged every once in a while that is a wonderful mm-hmm. metaphor that i wish i thought of nice and yeah. and al and pete both have their hands raised oh yeah and i would say that although both are very tightly scripted they give the illusion of being almost completely improvised on the spot. Mm, yes, yes, good. Another Very good true. one. Very true. Al, do you have some other dig against SNL that we're starting No, I was just going to say that SNL has had a comic book before, hasn't it? Has it? I've- they did appear in an issue of Marvel Team Up where the original cast teamed up with Spider-Man. Belushi, no! And, and I actually want to cover that issue uh, oh, on so the good. SNL Nerds oh, someday. Man. I, wanna- I, I, I just have to... Get Darren to read it first. So. Darren to read. That's not good. Oh, uh, well, yeah. All right. So let's let's stick to what we've been doing. It's uh, issue 11, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Let's start with uh, the way we always start. The cover, which honestly, in the anecdoted uh, edition, or the, uh, whatever, the... Uh, Annotated? The, dang, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize was the cover at first, because it looks so... Boxy, mm. like it looked like a. It actually, it's got like panels. A, yeah, it's got panels yeah. exactly. Uh, but very interesting. I mean, it, it does tell you what's coming up. There's a lot of uh, people flying into an abyss, and Harbinger's back, and a lot of people are hugging each other for for fear. It's, <laughs> it, it's and Batman's there barely. That that's basically this entire issue all yeah. all laid out. I'm, I'm gonna really say li- a, a rare miss on the uh, on the cover. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Artwork this mm. time. I'm. I'm not. I mean, the individual panel, panels are are lovely. It just it doesn't really. It's not a cohesive story told. In this the cover. doesn't say comic book cover. It's, to me, yeah. All right. I, I think that's fair enough. It look. It looks like you know somebody has already removed the cover and sent it back to the distributor to get credit for the uh, issue. <laughs> wow. That's Unsold a, issue. That's a that's a callback. Yeah, but that that is that is a thing. Uh, all right, but the story itself is. Um, Really opens up on Earth. We're just we're gonna dot 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 that, and uh, we see Superman from Earth Two waking up with a hangover. I mean, but before that, on the very first page, we see the universe being created just as we saw in the first issue. But now it's just a single universe instead of if you're careful, yeah. If you make like listen to the tensing and and etc., you you will see that it is in fact a single universe. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there's a slow buildup. There's a little bit of a horror kind of vibe in this book where you slowly become aware with 
Earth to Superman that things are not quite as they seem. I love some of these little Easter eggs. Well, first of all, the fact that that Earth to Superman sleeps without a shirt is hot. <laughs> it's sure, very sure. hot. It's, That's mm. now we're finally getting to the meat. Yeah, of the thing. I'll uh, say the, the meat. Of it. Yeah, beefcake. <laughs> nice. So that sweet, sweet Earth to Superman beefcake. Yeah, uh, and the fact that he uh, he's going to work at the, the Daily Star. Which would be where he mm-hmm. would work in Earth Two, but it's in fact as the editor in chief, yeah, and the world's a... most oblivious editor in chief, I might add. <laughs> he's he, he's very very concerned about the the missing time that's in his mind. I, I don't blame him, uh, but yeah, in this situation, you he's walking towards the Daily Planet. There's a big planet logo on top of the building, um, and he's walking to sit into his office at, as the editor in chief of the Daily Planet. And who comes walking in? One of the my my favorite scare reveals ever, Perry White. Imagine that. Imagine the, the the scare reveal. The monster showing up, and it's Perry White saying, "Get out of my office. Who are you?" I that was. I just thought this is pretty Im- impressive. So, what did you think, Pete? When the, you're you're the only person here who's read this for the first time with me, what did you think as you saw Perry White uh, wandering in and kicking soups out of his chair? To be perfectly honest, I uh, I, I I wasn't surprised by this. Oh, okay. They're on the combined Earth. Oh, so by now you know what's... I know what... I mean, I know what's up. I've always known the end result here. So I did as well, but I didn't expect it to come... It's not quite immediate. This is issue 11 of a 12-part series. I didn't think... Mm -hmm. I thought it would end with the, and then there was one Earth. And there was no questioning about, like, what we're going to find out in this issue. There's a lot of existential questions. Oh, yeah. This is like a whole issue of it sinking in for everyone. And that's something I was never taught by my comic book, like, legacy heritage, you know? No one ever let me know uh, that... There would be a period of time where Earth 2 Superman was like, what do you mean I don't exist? <laughs> what do you mean I don't mean anything? And this this whole thing, like, to me, reads a little bit like a horror book because of the whole, of the existentialism. That's no, an interesting that. take on it. Yeah. I, I haven't heard that take on it uh, I, I, before. Because I honestly had no idea. I mean, I didn't know there was going to be one Earth coming out of this. But mm-hmm. my assumption, I think, was at the end of the story, there would be one Superman who had one background, and right. he wouldn't really know that there was ever an Earth 1 and an Earth 2. Well, th- I mean, that's kind of how they played it outside of this series. They yes. didn't really make a lot of references to, oh, I remember when there were multiple Earths and stuff, because they realized that that would be very confusing for would, like, well, there readers. Is, there's a little bit of even a hint placed in here <clears throat> that even the heroes that remember are slowly going to forget. Yeah, um, well, actually, I mean, what Marv Wolfman originally wanted was he didn't want anyone to really know. Yeah. He wanted to just remake the DC Universe, put everybody on one single Earth, and have that be it. Uh, but then that, but that was one of the compromises that he had with DC's management, where they, for, uh, for whatever reason, DC management uh, thought, oh, no, it'd be very important for the heroes to remember. And actually... That was the compromise, was that all the heroes who who went to the dawn of time in the previous issues, uh, they remembered that there were multiple Earths. Uh, originally, DC wanted them to have everyone on Earth remember. That which, would be just nightmare. That seems unworkable. That's a horror story. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's yeah. bizarre. And the thing, as, yeah. as, as is presented in this issue, it's like, how do you have a 
how do you ever have another story after this? I would spend almost like 50% of my waking time fighting crime going, remember when there was two of me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just, and it I, seems to work opposite in, of the purpose of what this was. In defense of DC editorial on this one, mm-hmm. I would have to say that it does, if everybody forgets it, it does call into question the dramatic effect of the death of the Flash and Supergirl. Right. Yeah. Right. Because then it's like, well, okay, did they ever even exist, and would anybody remember them? There's I, a I, weird throwaway line of dialogue for Supergirl uh, towards the beginning of this. We're talking about like everyone knows she was here and that she died, but like they just no say she died. That. Yeah, they just right. say she died in some battle that we had, yeah. but there's no mm-hmm. specifics about it. They're just like, oh, we know she. She was here. She right. died. Oh, do you remember how? Uh, was, Some battle. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's played a little bit for tragedy in this book. But interestingly enough, I do believe, I think that's what what John was saying before, is eventually the party line is that people do not remember. They certainly don't acknowledge it every week. And then right. Supergirl gets out. She's written I, out. I remember this, like, there was, there was a writer who wrote in, and I don't even remember which book this was in, uh, asking these sorts of questions, these exact questions that you guys are asking. And the editorial response was, everyone remembers like a time of storms and death that they remember as the crisis. Like, um, not to leap too far ahead of our timeline here, but we're, we're heading into like this big battle with all the heroes mm-hmm. on Earth. And I think that's probably what most people remember as the crisis, and that like a lot of the heroes died in that. So they... They died, but they officially died in slightly different ways. Yeah, I think when we get to the end of this this particular issue, we could talk about whether or not any of that... Like, for me, I was also a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to it when we get to it. Because it feels point. like they don't matter as much? It, it's part of, partially, but also it feels like part of the purpose of this was to clean slate so we could start telling stories a little bit fresher. And I'm like, well, how can you do that when this... Thing is lurking in the background of everyone's memories. It seems like it's a major uh, uh, obstacle, but mm-hmm. let's keep moving forward. This is where um, Superman I- or Clark Kent walks in and introduces everyone to Uncle Clark. Yes, which I think is the the sweetest little. Yeah, it's a nice line. cover, right? <laughs> it worked. It works. I love the yeah. little addition of you know the one I was named after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you totally remember me talking about that, right? And he's so boring. Clark is so boring that people feel bad about not saying, oh, yeah, 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 I remember you, you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love how utterly indifferent Perry White is to this. He's just like, you know, like, oh, uh, you got, Perry, you remember me telling you about my Uncle Clark? And he's like, no, and I don't care. And he's, <laughs> he just wants this weird dude out of his office. That is all Perry White cares about. I don't blame him. I do not blame him. He's like, I'm the editor of a great metropolitan newspaper. I want my office back, damn it. Yeah, I absolutely do not blame him one bit. Uh, and there's, there's something about the way, uh, throughout this book, the way Earth 2 Superman is drawn. Yeah. It's a little... I love what George Perez does to differentiate between the two Superman because they have like most most other artists would just draw like a slightly older Superman with some crow's feet and, and gray at the right, temples. Right. But but Perez he has like subtle differences in their costumes. Like the Earth Two Superman has a significantly shorter cape. Um, the S and, like, and, yeah. and he's stockier, he's like a little beefier than the Earth One Superman. His his hair's a little thinner. Uh, it's great. I, I love how he differentiates between the two because, like, even when you're looking at them from behind or something, you can tell them apart just from the body language. It's and, it's great. And I like the uh, the first indication that it's not just that he's on Earth-1. It's like mm-hmm. when uh, 
Earth One Superman goes up to like, hey, who's the like? I'm looking for this police officer. Like, oh, I we never had that guy. What are you talking about? Uh, it starts right. with the um, uh, yeah. They're, they're basically they're going back to what we what uh, I think Pete referred to as like the the Soho the the danger zone. What was there was a particular area the, in uh, Manhattan, the warp zone. I think it was yeah, yeah. Wazo. Yeah. Wazo, you know, Wazo, you know, property value is is still uh, good. They're going to go there because they're just going to go through that portal between worlds that's clearly still there. Right. Uh, and when they get there, they start to realize that there is, in fact, this isn't this isn't even Earth One. It's not that Earth Two Superman ends up on Earth One. It's in fact that there is a, some there's something else is happening. And and by the way, I should mention quickly that the policeman that they talk to, he's he identifies himself as Jerry Thomas. He's drawn to look like. Uh, Roy Thomas, the comic writer. Oh, really? And he's named Jerry Thomas because Roy Thomas and another fan by the name of Jerry Bales, they were both very active fans in like the early Silver Age. Oh, nice. So that's nice a little nod. like tip of the hat to the two of them. Very, very nice. And this is where we, of course, uh, both Superman stumble upon, uh, or not stumble upon, they reach out, they find the Twin Cities, Keystone and uh, is it Central. Central? Central. Yeah. Uh, and they uh, run into, oh, they, they get, find Jay Garrick, who mm-hmm. remembers him, remembers both of them. The Earth 2 Flash. And uh, Joan, who does not. So this is where we piece together the thing we've already revealed, which was all the heroes that went back to the dawn of time to fight the Anti-Monitor have distorted memories of the two Earths and no one else seems to have memories of multiple Earths. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so... Because, I, I mean, they, they use the cosmic treadmill to try and go back to Earth 2 because that's the device right. that lets them go. And they don't find anything. There's it's just, just a this, void. Yeah, the big void thing, which is, like, I think that was the... Uh, the shoe drop moment for me, not so mm-hmm. much the, really, uh, not the yeah. Perry White thing and anything, but like the when I was reading this for the first time, just the like the emptiness of just like oh my god, like and like Superman two just trying to like no, I belong to the void. I like he, I don't he gets very on. emo. Yeah, that he's been hanging around Pariah a little bit too much. I think he's just like, <laughs> honestly, oh, leave me to the void. And I, it's like, I don't know, oh, is he going to start a goth band? What, what which would going? be called leave yeah. me to the void? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this was just like. I belong in the memes. dark. Yeah, uh, it, it's. I mean that. That's the title of an album right there. Yeah. I belong in the dark. There you go. But I. I, I do say I do value uh, Earth Two Superman's like uh, pathos here a little bit more than Pariah's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Actually, I mean it's it's a little more affecting because you yeah. know what he's lost. And oh yeah. We have a connection to Superman. We don't have that emotional connection to Pariah. But I am shocked by how grim this got in a few panels when the darkness yeah. when the void is before them and su- uh, the the uh, superman from earth 2 basically says this is uh, this is where i need to go this i need yeah. to be ended this is it for me could not believe i was reading that i didn't yeah. think there was going to be a effectively a suicidal superman in crisis <laughs> and when they get back he's like the void was calling to me it was as if i belong there yeah that yeah. is that is kind of dark a really uh, interesting, uh, as is the rest of the little world building we're getting, because we are effectively, we're world building. This is a whole new Earth that we're, uh, yeah. and uh, universe that we're looking to explore. We find the uh, Explorers of the Unknown and a few other rip-roaring superheroes. Does anyone know all the ones in this? Dolphin, yes, I don't of know. Course. I don't know why Dolphin is in this. I know Animal Man. Um, okay, well, uh, like a lot of these characters... Uh, Rip Hunter, Animal Man, and Dolphin, they were all in a group together called the Forgotten Heroes. Oh, okay. Which were basically just more obscure DC characters who'd kind of fallen by the wayside. They were mostly right. from the, like the 50s and 60s. So they were collected before that. All right, that makes sense. And, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to figure out why 
Dolphin and Animal Man were there. And I remember and, Adam Strange. I, no. Yeah, I, I mean, Adam Strange, uh, Captain Comet, and uh, the Atomic Knight, they were not part of the Forgotten Heroes, but, but they, make they, sense they, to they be joined yeah, yeah. in with this group. But and, but it's like half of a group. So and when them stumbling upon the remains of Brainiac was just amazing design on Brainiac once again. Yeah. I love every panel this character shows up on. Yep. It's so it's, great. It's, it's that, that great Gil Kane style spaceship with the organic machinery it's so awesome yeah i really do uh, i miss this design so much i find very interesting the uh the difference in 1985's perception of technology from what we have today mm. because i've noticed throughout this brainiac keeps referring to needing to interface with his ship oh yeah that shows up in a little uh -huh. bit where he although he does he also kind of says that he is the ship yeah, yeah. But, but he has to physically interface with yeah, it. Yeah. I, I find that very interesting. That It was a pre-internet age. Yeah. It's yeah. it, it, it just very telling of how far we've come in, I don't even want to think about how long, how many years. 30, 35 Five. years, right? Yeah, yeah. nearly. So, uh, but like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. 35 now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. Brainiac uh, comes back online a little bit later in this book, uh, he, he prefaces some statements with REM, which, it, and, which was a way of doing like a line command in basic or something mm. it's it was mm. actually like it's it, it's not ram it's not he's not referencing no. random access right he is but these are like he's basically speaking in kind of code out loud and that's a wonderful little nod that they they, they threw in uh other than just you know making his word bubble different and and his 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 lettering different it's, it's cool that they actually changed his language so yeah the, i mean the rest of the story is really the gathering up of heroes in various places and teen and titan tower um, really outside of Wayne Manor and a few other places, and it, the heroes communicating with each other, trying to like figure out what went wrong. My favorite part in this issue actually comes in around this point, where we get the Huntress uh, kind of experiencing a little bit of what Superman 2 went through, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's just something about her going with Dick Grayson to the grave that's not there anymore. Yeah. Something about Very that poignant. hit me so hard. Like, the Superman stuff was kind of freaky and a little weird, but when she goes there and she's screaming at Dick about, like, he's not here. It's it's not here. He's Like, my, my father. Di my dad never lived. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it, like, it How felt am I here? crazy. Right. Yeah. This, this, by the way, has, this sequence has, like, one of the, the big errors in, in Crisis where... The caption says, like, uh, Dick Grayson, the older Earth 2 Dick Grayson says, oh, I drove out to Wayne Manor and found Helena out back. And But what George Paris has drawn is a regular graveyard because there are, like, a good dozen graves there. <laughs> so unless Bruce Wayne has, like, a dozen people I, I buried in possible. the back of Wayne Manor. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm assuming that's the Wayne family burial ground. Yeah, th these, these could be, these could be the de um, you know, centuries-old graves. Or uh, possible, possible. Yeah, no, I always just took it as, as a miscommunication. But, yeah, it's possible that <laughs> that wasn't the intent. But, Although uh, not nearly as gothic as you would expect a Wayne family yeah, graveyard fair. to be. But no, no. But yeah. I expect more bats. <laughs> But oh man, does that ever hit hard? That was just such yeah. a like. I really like that scene a lot. Do it's we, great. Do we know anything about the uh, apartment that uh, Huntress thinks is hers? You could see a little bit of the nameplate that isn't her name. Uh, what is it? I, let me try. I, to look it at that. looks like uh, Bunza. 
B U N D Z A, and then it's and it's like blocked by her her head. I don't think that's any kind of in joke or anything. Uh, as uh, far as if I know. you know, please leave a comment on this podcast because we would love to find out. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we're getting a lot of pathos, probably more than we've had in a while. And Harburger shows up because we need to have someone to walk us through this insanity, right? Uh, and she's that- just like, I have my powers back. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> no okay. explanation. This, I know history was altered. Yeah, so that like now things are different. So she has her powers again. Yeah, because yeah. the plot needs me to have my powers right now. Because otherwise, this would be tedious. We've got one book left. Right, uh, I am a living Sonic <laughs> screwdriver. There's George th- got sick of drawing that pink dress with all the fringe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do much prefer her costume now. Yeah. yeah. And it matches with the Lyra we see, I think, in CW Crisis, a little bit closer. They did a pretty good job of adapting the costumes. They just kind of uh, uh, made them long-sleeved and and gave her pants for the Vancouver weather. (laughs) Yes, for Vancouver weather. Yes, definitely. I mean, because even Supergirl had, had, like, when she had the skirt, she still had the the tights to sort of keep her warm. Absolutely. (laughs) And I I believe that the the actress, Melissa Benoist, uh, was very grateful to finally get pants. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so we get a little, a couple of splash pages of the history of the one Earth now, mm-hmm. uh, which matches closer to what we would think of as our Earth. Right. Pretty interesting, and you know, you know, no, 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 not too many crazy shenanigans in World War One or World War Two. Uh, uh, well. Uh, I gotta disagree with you there because, oh. like World War Two, Earth One didn't have any superheroes in World War Two, mm-hmm. or very, very few. Nothing like the All Star Squadron or the Justice Society, but. Because the, we've uh, merged the histories. Or the Freedom Fighters, who are now part right. of the series. Yeah. Right. Oh, so you're saying that, well, yeah, I guess you're right. What I yeah. To be more accurate, l- no Superman showing up in World War II. Right, yeah. right. I so mean, only th- the very World War II-themed heroes managed to survive in World War II. That's in the Earth right, that got out the because side. the big difference between Earth 1 and Earth 2 was the ages of the heroes. Like, you had mm-hmm. the Justice Society, who came of age in World War II, and then they continued being superheroes into like their 60s by this point. Uh, and in Earth One, that had happened at some vague time, like 10 years in the past. And right. Superman was the very first superhero. So that was a big, big difference. And I remember reading this at like 13 and this blowing my mind. I'm like, oh my God, the JSA and the JLA are going to be on the same Earth from now on? Wow. And I mean, that that just That's blew awesome. my mind because I, I was that. so used to Earth One, Earth Two being very forgive the use of the phrase, separate but equal, you know? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but yeah, and only one uh, Kryptonian being esca- escaping mm-hmm. from the destruction of Krypton. Uh, uh, a little bit about the Old West as well, thrown in there, why yeah. not? Even got, um, uh, oh God, uh, Uncle Sam going with his hat, almost yeah. looking like it's going to pop off his head. In that I, I like also that Harbinger, she... she drops in a couple little tidbits. She's like, oh, histories were altered. Earth-6 had America lose her revolution. Earth-X had America invade and rule England. And it's like, whoa, that's interesting. That that was never brought up? I don't believe that was ever established in previous stories. I mean, Earth-X was just like the Earth where the Nazis won World War II, or World War II dragged on for decades after. Nice. Um, So that's, that's just like some... Little tidbits that Marv tossed in, I guess. And we're wrapping up this 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 um, this crossover event, um, and we're still getting details about what these other multiverses were like, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Uh, ultimately, building up in the fact that yes, there is now one Earth, one universe, one history, and the only people that exist that kind of know <laughs> about what was before are the people who came to the battle. 
and people like Dick Grayson and Huntress mm-hmm. and uh, and S- Earth Two Superman are people without a, a world, without yep. a country, without any histories. Yeah, even uh, which is an interesting thing because, I mean, arguably Earth One Superman isn't the Superman we're seeing here. The young Superman we're seeing here. It's. It's. I mean, it, it is I him, mean, but there is sort of like this gestalt. Like yeah. Earth Two, his uh, Superman can make the argument that this is me, except for the time of when his ship arrived, and the age of when his Lois was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, at this point in time, the surviving Superman was, for all intents and purposes, the the Superman of Earth One, because right. they hadn't really rewritten his history yet, and I'm sure at this point they didn't even quite know how extensively they were going to rewrite his history. Yeah, and this is before Byrne and his rebrand. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was like we kind of remember it as oh, they remade the DC universe, and then right after. We had all the new versions of Superman, Batman, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. But no, it took like a year or two for those to like start debuting. And you could feel that in this book where some of these things are like, well, I, how, uh, again, yeah. my question was, why is this Earth One Superman's backstory? It, it isn't. It's not Earth One. It's some mixture of the two of them. Why are they both looking at each other saying, all right, which one of us is going to be the Superman? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I'm age appropriate, so it should be yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, like at one point, uh, like Batman comes in and he's like, I did some investigation. I went to like talk to Lex Luthor in prison. And Luthor's like, what? No, I'd never help you guys. You know, I'm, I'm a villain. I don't help heroes. And that, of course, it doesn't really work with the revised Superman because... The revised Lex Luthor was this corrupt businessman who'd never really gone to prison at that point. So that scene doesn't quite work. I mean, that's just the sort of growing pains you get when you don't exactly know where you're going. Yeah. I have to say, I'm actually really happy that Batman had something to do in this this series, actually, at this point. Like, well, finally, Batman did something Batman-y. He's like, hey, I went and I investigated some things and brought some useful information that everyone's going to be like, he didn't, like, OP Batman. He just did regular Batman stuff. And he was really relevant to the story and happy he was here. I have a question about Batman If before we we maybe transition. Did Batman go back in time and not Yes. He was there? Okay, good. I was just curious. All right, Pete? I was just going to... uh, Tack on to your point a little bit, just to clarify, I think. I think the really interesting question is, why is this any more Earth-1 Superman's Earth than it is Earth-2? Like, they should both be undergoing that same existential crisis, because neither of their worlds exist. Yeah, but, I mean, this Superman is getting recognized. So he's he's the Superman who survived. And I also feel like Earth-1 Superman didn't like have the beginnings of a family that earth two did mm. like, cause the big yeah, thing that, that earth one. two is worrying about and is like my wife, I left her and she died yeah. without me. She died alone. And I'm like, and I, and I'm here living on and what did I do? And like, it's a lot of survivor's guilt. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I think those are two good, uh, in universe explanations of what's going on. But I think mm-hmm. we did stumble upon the out of one is that they didn't quite know yet, but mm-hmm. it did feel like this was more to the, the, the main, there's a reason why earth this is a lot one, closer to earth one. Yeah. And yeah. Think about it. Call it, we call it Earth One, even though it wasn't the first Earth, right? I mean, yeah. arguably, yeah. The Earth Two was the first Earth in comics. That that yeah. was just how they named it because yeah. Earth One was the Earth where their main continuity was taking place. Right. And yeah, screw so. you. I don't want to be Earth Two. We're going to be Earth A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Futurama. Oh, Futurama. Yeah. Uh, that was that was great. So oh, the, yeah. the throw the next again we're seeing Dick Grayson and Huntress and and uh, Superman coming out and uh, or Superman from Earth Two. His 
the continuation of his existential crisis to the point where he's leaving Titan's Tower and just he, uh, my whole life is a fluke and he's yeah. uh, like there there's some level of temper tran- tantrum and ugliness that comes with this character uh, it's understandable it's certainly understandable but i never expected to see such a vulnerable Earth's original hero, Superman. Right, right. Well, I mean, as comics have shown us time and time again, this is what happens when you murder Lois. <laughs> and he and Sadly, he's been married yes. to his Lois for like thirty years by yeah. this point because they married sometime in the fifties. I can't believe they're not sick of each other at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I do have a question for the next uh, part of the story. We 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 have some of the magical superheroes stumbling upon Spectre and trying to get him to wake up because they need him for something. He's recharging. Yeah. Yep. He's he's in the recharging coma before yeah. that became in vogue. There's is a plot line involving the death of Angular Man. Angle Man. Angle Man. Yeah. What is that about? Does that ever it's, come up again? It's a little oblique. Um, I think Angleman was basically just one of those villains that they, they killed off because he was like a little lame and outdated. Um, because like he originally was like, I think he was like a con man. He always had an angle for something. Oh, God. <laughs> He was. I think he was a golden age villain. Oh man! And then, like, I think nice. they revamped him probably sometime in the seventies, where he he got this weapon that looked like a triangle, but it wasn't was, a. Triangle. It was called an angler, and mm-hmm. it it allowed him to, I don't know, do some BS. Because it's almost but, like the opening of Watchmen, where there's a cop here, like right. Mm. If, yeah, it almost feels like they're like, all right, let's get some detective fiction in here. It, but it feels, it feels like, like it's like, just to get that in. Right. It feels well, like a quick ad for an upcoming miniseries. In in an interview or something, they were saying that what he was doing was he was trying to use his angler to cross over to another dimension. But because that dimension didn't exist anymore because of the merged he Earth, died. he. He exploded real good. Nice. So, um, and yeah, and he happens to do it at this detectives convention in Los Angeles because it allows <laughs> it allows them to get in a lot more cameos. We get in Johnny Thunder, who was the uh, female private PI who who had a thunderbolt inside her, and we had Johnny uh, uh, Johnny Double, I think. Yeah, Johnny Double and Harvey Bullock and. <laughs> Angel O'Day, who was from Angel and the Ape, which was a Silver Age thing. And I think the other guy is Christopher Chance. Yeah, the human target. So I, I just can't get over Harvey Bullock being amongst the world's greatest detectives. <laughs> it doesn't say the world's greatest detectives. It just says detectives convention. <laughs> well, so he enough. is a detective. So he's like, hey, is there a buffet? Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. But Detective Chimp couldn't be bothered to show up. Well, Detective Chimp is in Gorilla City. Yeah, I know. He's busy in Gorilla City. Yeah. yeah. My lord. I mean, first of all, I think the entire crisis is worth it for bringing all the primates together in Gorilla City. Exactly. That's if for no really other reason that yeah. we get a unified monkey continuity of the yeah. DCU. Yeah. Finally. I like it. Yes. But no Beppo. Oh, man. They're going to have no. to do it again. All right. So, yes. Uh, the Obviously, the through line on this is that... Uh, don't worry about it, folks. The um, the anti-monitor still has some goons out there because we got to ratchet up the, the tension for the last book. <laughs> right. And the shadow monsters come back, the shadow demons. And, uh, all Are the we sick of them yet? <laughs> no, almost immediately. And all the uh, the supernatural characters have gotten together with one of the worst poems or series of poems from Etrigan. 
Jess, I don't even want to repeat them. They're just it's they're fine. so weak. Yeah. But good enough, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, so all right, this is my uh, odd uh, continuity, not continuity, continuity foible, but I'm not really sure what's going on. What's going on with the uh, the princess of uh, Amethyst? Amethyst. Yeah. What's going on with her? Uh, this I know. This was like a setup to uh, to something in Amethyst's own book where I think the gem world was somehow related to the Lords of Chaos and Order that are connected with Dr. Fate. Oh, so right. so it's it's it was another this one of the This is a I, teaser for yeah, the book. I haven't read that crossover, but I I believe it was just sort of linking up other okay. the disparate big areas here of the DC universe. Is is why DC keeps trying to make her a thing. <laughs> she had a small like um animated short series yeah. on uh on Cartoon Network for a while too. It was really interesting. No, because they have the trademark and you never know when somebody's going to come along <laughs> and make it immensely profitable for them. So they have to keep doing okay. stuff with her. That's fair. So they yeah, throw to, her into to, Young yeah. Justice. Mm. Like that's what that's what y- books like DC Comics Presents and Brave and the Bold used to be really handy for because when they needed maintaining copyright. When they needed to maintain the copyright and needed to use that character, they could do a quick story with that character, slap a logo on a cover and then they and then they can just show that to the copyright office and say like, "Hey, see, we're using the character." <laughs> yeah. Love like it. Marvel Comics retains. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I'm that sorry, would be a I meant present. <laughs> yeah, that would be a wonderful title. Wow. <laughs> Marvel Comics retains. Oh, wow. <laughs> DC Comics renews. <laughs> Amethyst, Princess like, of the Gen World. Why even bother with the pretense? Just mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like a lot of times, if you see like an obscure character who's cover featured and they have like a headshot and a logo or something, it's probably yeah. because of that reason. Yeah. It's like my, my thing with Amethyst is, though, that uh, she's got an interesting backstory. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting uh, idea. It's very She-Ra. Um, I think she that, might predate yeah. She-Ra. Uh, she probably does. She does but it's, that's but, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. One of the reasons they would keep bringing this character back is because there's a, like it's a uh, foot in the door for a lot of different well, my, my, audiences. My point, yeah. though, is that she already has all the, that interestingness. Mm-hmm. You would think that if she was ever going to catch on, she would have by now. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, like, Animal Man wasn't really much of anything until Grant Morrison got his hands on him. Yeah. So you never know. Somebody can always come along with a great yeah. idea and be like, hey, I figured out how to make Amethyst a hit. Mm. And and <laughs> I, th- I think she's a cool character to have around just if for no other reason that, like, she's... She has a bit more girl appeal than the typical yeah. person in a superhero universe. Yeah. S- uh, speaking of typical person in the superhero v- universe, the two supermen are arguing on the next <laughs> yep. page. Actually, some some really great art in, the, yeah. in these first three or so panels, four panels. Paris uh, can just nail the emotions, can he? Yeah. Uh, God, yeah. Uh, Earth 2 Superman just weeping for what he's lost. Um, and not knowing what, if anything, he can do. Because at this point, we don't know if there is anything to do, right? There's yeah. not even necessarily a threat out there, and in a way, that's worse. They don't know if they can restore Earth 2. They don't know if... I mean, they have no idea if that's possible. I would. It ar- doesn't seem to be. I would argue at this point in the comic, if it just ended, and like, all right, well, that's what happened, and mm-hmm. it just ends, it would be almost a more tragic ending for Superman. Yeah, for, from Earth yeah. too, because it's like he can't even do the the noble sacrifice. Or there's nothing to be done. This is right. just the way you the already is. won. The battle's done. Yeah. There's it's nothing just, to sacrifice himself for. Uh, it's a uh, um, it's a little bit more confusing with Wonder Woman at this time. Yeah, but yeah. A similar thing is happening with her. her she, she, there's one Wonder Woman who's come back, and another Wonder Woman who is yeah. there. But it's 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 really crammed in. For some reason, Wonder Woman was given 
nowhere near the real estate you would have expected a character like that to get. I at this am time. still really surprised at this because, like, it, uh-huh. uh, even like I just said, Batman got his chance to shine for at least the hot minute. Yeah, and he has a few other like he was there with the Joker, so he has that really iconic scene with Flash. And but like Wonder Woman's had like a few bum in with the Amazon moments, and beyond that, yeah, she, mm-hmm, background, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. background, and all almost all of this. That's a good point. Yeah, you you wish that. Both of them had a few more moments of shine. Especially considering how much they have to play in like the sequel series to these to this big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how much more Wonder Woman becomes prominent in those continuous like crisis. I, I would argue Christ that I, yeah. I would argue that this was kind of particularly difficult from a narrative perspective, given that it's difficult to, it should should be difficult to differentiate between the two Dianas. Given yeah. that she is ostensibly immortal and you have to explain why these particular right. 40 years have made her age so much well it was basically like i think she had given up her immortality so she could marry steve trevor so she was starting to age normally yeah and, or or at a slower rate so and it definitely, it's in the pages you yeah. see one is clearly older than yeah. the other yeah so I, it just seems like they had not much for her to do i would say that this i i wouldn't i would think maybe batman didn't have much to do either except for that one early early mm-hmm. appearance where he um, yeah. has a whole moment with Flash, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we're, we're doing a little bit of the, the Lexer, Lex Luthor investigations and mm-hmm. we spend some time in Ape City, which is always fun. But for the most part, we're just... We're Gorilla on, City, Frank. Gorilla City, yeah. thank you. And King Solovar well, still recovering from the injuries he got in Amazing continuity that even he doesn't yeah. know why he has them. He's, <laughs> we've all had days like that. I'm curious, actually. <laughs> Again... It's like if we've re- rewritten all of history, why does why is he still injured? Uh, yeah, that's. I think the events of Crisis yeah. still had an effect because something like say. it still happened. I mean, yes. okay. I, I think I think in the revised universe, maybe it was probably more of a crisis in time than a crisis of mm. universes. Yeah, but um, but they they, enough, they yeah. keep it very vague. They don't yeah. they don't ever really spell out this is exactly what the crisis was in to the be new clear, DC I, universe. Yeah, I don't really need an explanation. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying none of us do. So the challengers yeah. of the unknown uncover the big swirling energy mass that well, is... and Cave Carson. Was, yeah, Cave Carson. Don't forget yeah. Cave Carson. Uh, yeah, Cave Carson. Cave Carson has a bionic eye. <laughs> does he? I don't know if he does in this, but that is a recent comic book from oh, DC. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cave, Cave Carson, Carson the bionic bi- eye? Cave Carson has a bionic eye. Because you can't be a, a comic book character in the 2000s without losing an eye or something at some point. That's and, fair. And you I, have to be was, maimed. That and was I Square think, 2018, I believe. Yeah. I think a merciful thing that happens next, uh, not just that Pariah is pulled away, but the merciful thing is that... Uh, that the Anton Monitor makes his presence known. Your universe mm-hmm. is doom. W- beautiful, beautiful image yeah. of the red outline of the Anti Monitor with his his red star eyes in yep. a void of of negative and, space. And he he pulls the Earth into the antimatter universe. Exactly. So there, there's your cliffhanger. And yeah. you can feel. And Alexander says, "I can feel the antimatter returning into my body." Ah. Yeah. 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 Uh, so really, really interesting way to wrap this up. So like I said surprised that this was happening at -hmm. this point for me uh and a little disappointed in that and it it, i'm curious about what will happen in the next book but the the idea that these that things are not going to get wrapped up 
that mm-hmm. these people are going to still leave Crisis going, what just happened they to They have us? to live in this new universe. Yeah. I, I think this might be my favorite overall issue, because probably because it has the most characterization. Oh, wow, Cause, yeah. Because so much of the issue is just the heroes standing around going, wait, what happened? And yeah. and, and dealing with it. And, and I, dealing with it. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, and it's I, not I, just like people questioning the Red Skies. They're dealing with the right. consequences of it. And yeah. I love Earth 2 Superman being like, "What? Am, why am I here? What do, and I love Earth 1 Superman being like, you didn't give up on me after Supergirl died. I'm oh. not giving up on you. I mean, that's great. It's, it is. It's just like, there's so few event comics that ever deal or give us the time to breathe and deal yes. with the fallout. Yeah. Like going back to infinity gauntlet that we reviewed a number a while ago, like there's none of that. There's no mm-hmm. like, Oh, we take a breath after it's over and everyone kind of deals oh, with yeah. the universe. Yeah. On one yeah. Like it's just like, and I'm not to say not to crap on that yeah. series or anything like that. I'm just saying that there's so few of them anymore where we get that time. And like, right. and, you, and you need that time because like so much has happens. If you're going to have the wait, if you're going to have like something big happen, if you're going to have the end of the world, people have to take some time and to like, you know, let it sink in. Yeah. Like, so, Oh my God, what happened? So you guys are telling yeah. me, and I agree with you 100%. So you're telling me that next issue, as they delve into this, I'm going to be, that you, you think I should give it a give it an issue, the final issue, to determine whether or not the stakes of this entire endeavor and the purpose of the book of Crisis in DC, of wrapping these stories up and giving a cohesive world that we could play with afterwards. I should save my final review for the final issue. I, I think that that would make the most sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've waited eleven issues. You might as well wait. Well, one more. <laughs> I guess those of you listening should wait as well. Wait if, before we sign off. I need to uh, head off a couple of criticisms before uh, it's Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Oh, sorry. Uh, followed by Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. That are the modern uh, comics. What? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I had a wonderful a transition. Eye. I was just beautiful. Now I want to know what an interstellar but, eye is. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Near Mint, please like, follow, and subscribe so you get the latest of the podcatcher of your choice. One issue and one episode left. Let's make it a good one. And uh, please leave us a good review, back us on Patreon, and do all the things you need to do to make us want to come back for more. When we start the next episode, can I still be questioning the Cave Carson (laughs) cybernetic eye? Go for it. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.